got into music, started making music really young, like always played instruments, always kind of messing about with the guitar and drums. So I think I already know the answer based on what you've said so far, but would you rather be famous and broke or rich and have nobody in the world know your music? Oh, wow, that is tough. That's actually a really good question. Welcome to Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I'm here with my co-host, Charlie Cavalier, and our guest today, Yager Bonham. How we doing? Good, man. How are you? Good, man. I'm excited to hear your story. Yeah, yeah me too. I got the call to do this, and I just thought, why not Vegas for eight hours? Eight hours? Yeah. We landed last night, and <laughs> Vegas is already winning, but... Um, oh, you yeah, gambled? Gambled some clubs <laughs> <laughs> they got you guys good yeah <laughs> uh yeah i'd love to hear your journey though like what age did you get into music uh got into music started making music really young like always played instruments always kind of messing about with the guitar and drums and uh that was just because you know pops played but then like at like 15 i remember like freestyle rapping and like thinking i could sing mm-hmm. but uh kind of understood it and then met one of my best friends, Chris, around the age of 15, and me and him would just sit after school every day, grab a mic, record some music, mm. and just kind of went from there. And now I've moved out to LA a year ago and went on a US tour. So it's kind of like, you know, you never really see where it's going to go until it actually happens. And it feels like it's on the right track, but we just got to keep working because you're never there until you know. I feel that. As growing up as the grandson of the the drummer for Led Zeppelin, did you feel like you had to be in the music industry? Uh, there was a time. There was a time where I definitely felt like the pressure of like not only just being in the industry, but like being a drummer. Mm-hmm. Because like I would go somewhere and people would be like, oh, do you drum? Yeah. Or like the comments on YouTube videos would be like, he's not a drummer. <laughs> so it's like you definitely feel that pressure coming into it. But I think as I aged and like grew to like understand the industry and how there are so many other people out there who have had parents or grandparents in the industry doing their own thing, I kind of felt like a lot more comfortable and was like, you know what, like I'm proud of like, you know, who my family are and what they did. But it's like, I'm so happy now that I understand that I can take my own journey and be okay with it because it really doesn't matter what everyone else is thinking as long as like you're enjoying every step. I feel that. There's a lot of musicians that for them, it just is a journey. It's for fun. Yeah. For you, when did it go from just being something that you enjoy doing to maybe this is going to be a job or now I am in the industry, as you said? Well, it's still always like every day I wake up and it's just fun for me. But I think the uh, the craziest thing is, is when you realize that money is a thing and you get to that age where you're not like 15, 14 anymore, you know, just going to Subway for cookies yeah. <laughs> and hanging out with your friends and you have to like pay bills. And I think that's when I like realized that I had to turn it into a job because it's like not only something I'm so passionate about and love, but it's like, I can't see myself doing anything else. I've had nine to fives. I've had, you know, I've worked at gas stations. I've worked at a Subway. I've worked at gyms and it's like, I just can't do it. Right. It's like, I have in a non like selfish way i have to be my own boss right because like you know you can't really listen to other people telling me what to do yeah but when you get to the industry you think that's how it's going to be but then it's just right back to people telling you what to do i feel that 
how is the music different in the UK where you grew up compared to the US? UK is uh, it definitely was like more of a grunge scene back then, but I was also pretty young. So it's like I would see it mm -hmm. and it was like what I would think of it is like, oh, like those kids are punks. Yeah. And then I kind of grew up to becoming one. Okay. So I would see a lot of like the grunge scene, like growing up there, but nothing too much because I moved over to America about 12 years old. Mm. So pretty young when I came here. Got it. What were your favorite bands growing up watching? Oh, uh, I used to love The Cure. I still do. I literally have a Cure lyrics tattooed on me. Nice. Robert Smith is just like one of my biggest inspirations. The way he like dressed, the way he didn't give a what he would do. Can I curse on here? Oh, yeah. so oh he didn't want. give a. <laughs> yeah, he did not give a. It was great. Like he would just rock lipstick, eyeliner, hair. It was off the chain. Yeah. And uh, also Billy Idol. Mm. Billy Idol's just like you can't compete with that. Like when we went on tour around the U.S. Shout out to Policy Genius, today's sponsor. The holidays not only allow us to spend time with family, but they are a reminder of how important our responsibility is to protect them. That includes planning to secure their future. Life insurance is an easy way to give your family peace of mind, provides a safety net. So if something were to happen to you, your family can cover expenses while getting back on their feet. Luckily, Policy Genius can help you compare your options from top companies and their team of licensed experts are on hand to talk you through it. You never know when you'll need life insurance. I've lost some loved ones over the past few years, and unfortunately, none of them had life insurance. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Even if you already have a policy through work, it may not offer enough protection. So check out Policy Genius. Your family deserves peace of mind. Head to policygenius.com slash DSH or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com slash DSH. I played a Billy Idol cover, Rebel Yell. That was like one of my favorite songs to play. Cause nice. like, you know, you see these bands go on tour and they play a cover that everyone knows. And I'm playing to a younger crowd and I'm playing a song and people are looking up like, what song is this? Yeah. And it's like they have a higher chance of knowing my music than the cover I'm playing, which, wow. you know, to me was fun. But Billy Idol, The Cure, definitely loved listening to like Van Halen. Sammy Hagar's just, you know, 75 years old, great voice still. Yeah. Still. So you're old school. Yeah. No Green Day or anything? No, I, I liked <laughs> Green Day, but like growing up, I think it was more of like that. And then once I like got older, it was like the Green Day, the. Uh, all American rejects. Yeah, they were good, but yeah. they weren't like my top. Yeah, yeah. Like, they only had a few bangers. Yeah, like Green Day, Paramore. Paramore. Yeah. I was like a big fan of like also like other genres. Like I would mm. go listen to country music. I would okay. Go, I would go listen to rap. Like me and him would freestyle in the cars all the time. And you okay. can't see him, but that's my friend over there from Florida. Yeah. His name's Rose. We moved here together. How good's your freestyle game? We might have to throw on a beat here. <laughs> uh we were we were all right we weren't the best but okay. we would just like enjoy it you know it was the fun yeah but um yeah i would listen to all genres like a lot of people think like you know just because i rock eyeliner and a certain style they're like oh he probably only listens to like emo music and he's sad all the time yeah. dude i'll be in i'll be in the car screaming making my way downtown if it's on you know yeah. that's a bang that is a banger. yeah that's a bang you know you never go wrong yeah, with that anything never gets old so how often do you think you run into you know getting judged by your looks people try to like categorize you into you know being a descendant of obviously you know famous musicians or try to like keep you compartmentalized into what they want you to be instead of what you want yourself to be 
the judging by the looks is funny because we were just walking around yesterday and there was like some people looking at me like I had my like full bone makeup over the eye. And there was just a lady that looked at me with like disgust. She was kind of like, what is happening? She, she might have like, been jealous. She doesn't do her makeup as well as yeah, <laughs> it could be that it could be that. But um, I think like people are all going to have their own style. And I think that's what I came to realize living in Florida is how I dressed there was me hiding who I truly was. Because mm. as soon as I moved out to LA, I felt so comfortable because it's like I'd go out and I felt underdressed. Mm. So it was like, it kind of depends on like where you're living. Because like, I mean, for me, I was definitely scared to be myself in a, a hometown with everyone I knew, family knew, people knew my family, you know, but then I think just kind of having your own look is what makes it so cool and unique because it's like I go out and it's like I'm wearing a shirt that's like spray painted with one of my songs on it or a tie and a jacket that's all pinned up mm -hmm. and people are like oh dude that's like what you wear all the time like and I'm like yeah right. it's what I want you to know me for wearing like I'm not doing it just to wear it but I definitely think the other thing you were saying how it like categorizes with my family and stuff is uh my dad used to dress like this when he had hair he would have the crazy hair all bleached and spiked up and the makeup. And I think like, I didn't even know that. I would just kind of like be like, no, he doesn't wear this. He just wears black jeans and a shirt. But uh, it just was the funniest thing to me realizing that he does. Cause it's like, we all have that time in our life where we take a journey and figure out our style. Yeah, You know, I think I went through the Oasis phase and then the big DC phase and then the baggy pant phase to the tight pant phase. So it kind of like, circles back to just going on a journey and having fun and figuring out like what is your thing you right. know yeah i love that why do you think pop punk uh pretty much fell off like it had a peak in the 2000s yeah it just fell off from there do you think it, it will ever make a comeback um i don't know if it'll ever be a mainstream like top selling genre again at least not for a couple years but I think like where it's at right now is where it's come back to, mm -hmm. like with artists bringing the genre back. And I think the reason it fell off is just cause like, you know, times were changing. Mm -hmm. There's like the way the world is, is we all have five second attention spans. So once something new or a new trend happens, it's like, that's where everyone turns to right. for that time. And uh, the new music that came out, like, you know, those artists are crazy, like, mm -hmm. like Drake one of the best artists out there right yeah. now like you know when people like drop new music i think a new wave starts and that wave is then taken over you know mm. and a lot of the new music has turned into a tsunami like it's just yeah overshadowing everything else but i think with the way it is right now like music is gonna come back because it has that circle right now like with artists like machine gun kelly with artists like young blood with Paramore going back on tour, with Avril Lavigne back on tour, mm. and now like crazy Blink-182 is going on tour. Right. So it's like childhood dreams. And the band I got to go on tour with, Beauty School Dropout, great friends. Mm -hmm. If you want to check out their music, Beauty School Dropout's an insanely talented band. They're about to go on tour, opening mm. for Blink-182. Wow. So it's kind of like taking that old generation that we all like grew up with, with Blink-182, which is a band I probably should have mentioned that I listened to. But uh, and now bringing that new wave of the punk alternative, you know, rock and roll on the tour with them. Yeah. So it's kind of like, hey, this might be our last tour ever, but here's that new music to check out, you right. know, which I kind of love. I love when artists bring 
the next generation around. Yeah, that's sick. It's cool to see that. What's the biggest stage you've performed on and what's your dream stage that you want to perform on? The uh, I think the biggest I did was crazy enough my hometown. Okay. I got to open up for my pops. Wow. In Florida at the Fort Lauderdale Hard Rock. Nice. Where I used to be a security guard. I just went there last really? month, yeah. Dude, it's a beautiful hotel. I was a security guard there like every day. I think my shifts were like 7 p.m. until 10 a.m. the next day or something. Wow. Like overnight, overnight shifts. Yeah. Like Jeez. one lunch break cafeteria for the meatloaf. Uh, I do love meatloaf. Yeah, it was good. Every it day it good. probably gets <laughs> People gets hated harsh. on it, but it was actually not bad. I used to work with this kid who would put mayonnaise on it. Ooh. And I was like, I'd question it. I'd, I'd be like, what's I happening mean, I'd right try now? it, but it sounds sketch. Yeah, no. You can't do the mayonnaise. Mayo no. on meatloaf. Interesting. I think that was the biggest crowd I did. I think it was 6,000 people. Were you nervous? Um, Going up there, yes, because it was a hometown show. So I knew, so knew like, a lot. Yeah. everyone going. I like remember like my high school teachers were there. College teachers were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls I have crushes on were there. <laughs> I was like, if I mess up right now, this is it. Yeah. Like none of them are going to want to care. Um, so was there a leap of faith moment for you when you, you know, you quit the nine to fives or do whatever you did where you went all in on now being in the music industry? Yeah. Um, believe it or not, I've moved when I moved to LA, I got a job. Mm -hmm. I worked at a little uh, snowboard shop on Fairfax. And it was kind of cool because Fair, Fairfax is like a popular place. So you'd have people walking back and forth, like there were artists. So I'd actually network a lot there mm. and I would meet people. I met someone who shot our first music video from working at my job. Right. And it was one day where I would get a text and it was like, yo man, come to the studio. I'm with so-and-so, let's make a hit. Ah oh, man, I'm working. Next day, yo man, come here. We're doing a photo shoot. Let's get some cool flicks. Nah, man, sorry, I'm working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next day, hey man, are you working today? We're at the studio. Yeah, I'm working, sorry. <laughs> and then it was like, I really just kind of realized it. And I, I called my friend that I moved here with and I was like, dude, I just got to get out of it. And he was like, yeah, man, well, what'd we move to LA for? Yeah. And uh, I kind of just looked at my boss and I was like, look, man, thank you so much. Great opportunity. And I saved up some money, but I got to go. And that was kind of like the turning point where I really realized like I moved out here, I might as well give it my all. Yeah, so you took a chance. Yeah. And it's paid off, it looks like. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> so, so far, so good, you know, fingers crossed. But we're just hoping for the next step, like just wanna have fun with it along the way and, you know, make sure that everything goes smooth and yeah. enjoy every moment because it seems like now a lot of artists don't even really get the time to enjoy a lot of moments. I'm curious the business model, the music side, do artists make a majority of the money from their streams? uh streams no, no. <laughs> streams you barely make anything so it's Mo off merch uh yeah most of the money is going to come from touring merch or like technically you're not earning it but if you like you get signed to a major label and you're advanced right. right but that advance you know they have to recoup and you have to spend yeah. that on music stuff but like okay. most of your money that's why you see a lot of artists now just touring all the time right bad because, bunny is touring a lot yeah like because that's the way to make money mm. and it's not only just the way to make money it's the way to grow new fans it's mm -hmm. the way to have people see your live shows and sell merch and mm. so it's like as much as it is the most cost effective to grow income is touring it's also the most effective to grow a fan base Cause it's like without touring, no one's going to really like see you. 
and right. get to hear your music and other than iTunes or Spotify. Right. Yeah, that makes sense because Spotify only pays like a couple dollars yeah. per thousand, right? Yeah, streams. like my friend, I remember I hit my first 100,000 streams and my friend was like, bro, you're rich. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, dude, $100,000. I was <laughs> like, you think I get a dollar a stream? I said, dude, if it was a dollar a stream, I don't think many people would be in business. Yeah. Like Spotify wouldn't be charging that little for a membership. Yeah. And uh, he was like, what do you mean? I was like, bro, it's probably less than a cent. And he was like, you don't know? I was like, I don't check it. I don't want to disappoint myself <laughs> when I go into the like distribution company. Right. And I'm like, oh, $10. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. That's but crazy. it's like, and that's when I think people like understand that like music's more than just us trying to make money. Like I enjoy just making music. So it's like, you know, if it came down to it, like if I could live day by day, eat and have a roof over my head, that's fine. Mm. As long as you can let get cookies me, yeah. at Subway, you're, you're set. Cookies at Subway and let me make music. Okay. So you don't do it for the money. No, I'm, I'm, I mean, end of the day, anyone who says they're not doing it for it, they could be lying because yeah. most of us, we do need, like I said, to pay rent, but I do it because I enjoy it. And if it goes somewhere, cool. But right now, like, I'm just enjoying the moment and living in it. Yeah. Day by day. Do you and, feel pressure from your grandfather's massive success? Yeah. Uh, that's, like, one of the things that I feel the most is, like, with him passing away and, like, still being such a legend, um, I always feel like when I'm, like, in a room full of people, they're just kind of like, oh, he's in that room because of this. Mm. You know? You know, he didn't earn to be in this room. And right. I think that's the hardest thing is, like, a lot of people think that and uh there's a lot of artists you know whose family members are big that probably deal with the same thing and i think him having that legacy like i wake up every day like you know how can i grow to leave a legacy like that and uh it's one of the hardest things to think about because you never will mm. you know like i truly can say like i don't think i could ever leave the type of impact that he left and i'm not saying i'll never be as big you know because high hopes dream big but it's like the impact he left on the music industry and the drumming industry because times were so different back then. Right. You know, he was doing things that drummers do now, but he was doing them with a single pedal or he was playing a certain way that we now do in a different way mm. and we made it easier. Right. Like he was just, oh, okay, I'll use my hands. He was raw. Yeah, like my grandma, she told me the craziest story that he would come home and uh, during the Moby Dick solo where he throws the sticks to the side and does with his hands, and he would come home with just cuts and blood all over his hands. Wow. Because he would just go and play and like play his heart out. That's crazy. So it's like as much as I want to grow and be, you know, a successful artist, I think it's one of those things where it's like I have to understand that he set a bar pretty high. Right. You know? Very high. Yeah. Not much higher you could get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's gotta be hard, right? Like cause you're, you know, obviously it comes with the good and the bad about it. Yeah. What is for you been your lowest point in the music industry? Mm um i think when i put out a song and it flopped okay uh i i put out a song and i was you know expecting a million things you know it was my first song i ever put out i was like right. it's gonna blow up it's gonna be this it's gonna be that and i think that's when like reality sets in that there's a lot more that goes into it like distribution companies publishing mm -hmm. uh the correct management getting it seen by publishers and mm. artists and articles and playlisting Cause it's like when we see an artist drop a song you know it's not just their fan base going to it it's 
a playlist, putting it on their playlist. It's Apple Music throwing it on one of their charts. It's the radio. It's this and that. So it's like, I put this song out. I posted it, put it on my Instagram story with 6,000 followers at the time. And I was like, hey, guys, new song. <laughs> Go stream it. And yeah. it was like five weeks in and I had like 10. Wow. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a lot harder than I thought. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think wow. that was my lowest point when I really, and it wasn't even that low. It was just like I realized like, this is going to take more and work a little bit harder. Yeah. What do you think about music labels? Because they get a bad rep these days. Um, see, a lot of people always say like, you know, the labels can be bad and good. Um, it also, in my eyes, just depends on where you're at. Hmm. Like for my following right now, like if I signed, I find it would be a little bit pointless because I'm still so low. Mm hmm. And I feel like when you're signing, you have to kind of have leverage. Momentum. You know, yeah. like I have to be able to say like, well, I provide this. So this is how you can help me. But um, I feel like it also, yeah, like people get a bad rep for doing anything these days. I think labels are great. Okay. You know, they help artists a lot with networking, with paying for things like music videos, promotion and stuff like that and touring, you know? Yeah. Um, Was Led Zeppelin signed to a label? Yeah, I think they were on Atlantic, okay, which is a major, major label. But um, yeah, I think labels are great. They just they get a bad rep because they take on these new artists as soon as they blow up, and you know they're obviously making more money mm. than that. Like if you come in and you just popped off on a song, and they're like, "Oh, sign right away," you know, you don't know what other options are out there on the table. Mm -hmm. And then these artists, like when they're not making ten million dollars in their first year, they're like on Instagram, like, "Oh, labels are bad. It's not." doing anything for me but right. i think it's more of just like the correct timing to sign because it's like if you sign at the right time why would it be bad you know yeah but if you can do it independently do it if you have the following and the momentum and the fan base to grow and tour with your own funds and sell merch with your own funds and shoot music videos with your own funds why not mm -hmm. all you're doing then is spending your own money that you're going to recoup a label is kind of like the middleman like right. it's it's the bank it's a cash advance yeah. Yeah. It's just helping with financial things. So it's like, it's where you kind of got to take into consideration. Can I finance this? Can I not? Right. That makes sense. So I think I already know the answer based on what you said so far, but would you rather be famous and broke or rich and have nobody in the world know your music? Hmm. Oh. Wow. That is tough. That's actually a really good question. Famous and broke or rich and have nobody know it. I think, Good oh one. wow, I'm like stuck. I'm like, oh my God. Uh, right, so you're either, you're either rich beyond your wildest dreams with, yeah. you know, three streams, yeah. or you have, or you're broke, but you've got a song with a billion streams on Spotify. I think I'd say rich and nobody know my music. Okay. Because Was that the I, answer you thought? No, I would have guessed the opposite. Because, you know, you gotta being pay rent. famous is cool. Got, yeah. Being famous is cool. You know, I feel like, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not, but when <laughs> you get to that level, I think, you know, that would be kind of something thrilling and exciting, but I'd also rather just have the money to like take care of family and stuff. And I feel like if I'm like at that point of what Rich you're saying, I could definitely take care of my sister, take care of my mom and dad and take care of like family if they ever needed it. Right. So yeah. I think I'd rather be there. 
Plus, you could use that money to get famous. No, no, no. That'd be breaking the rules of the oh, game. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's like a rule book to it. <laughs> yeah. We man. found the loop, but it's not the loop. It's been a pleasure, <laughs> man. Any yeah, closing comments you. where people can find you? Um, I got a new song dropping May 5th. It's called Freak Show. We just shot a music video. Okay. Self-funded. So uh, please help us recoup and go run it up. But, I'm uh, having a barbecue that day, so I'll play it on the speaker. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that's it. Just step by step enjoy the journey that's Perfect. why we're here awesome well you heard it here guys digital social hour thanks for tuning in see you next week